This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Lots to get into. Lots to get into. We're going to get your tweets in here, and we're going to have some fun. All right, some observations from last night. Penguins beat the Flyers 5-2. to two. Are you concerned, if you're a Flyer fan, of the progression of Carter Hart? We were sold that this was going to be the second coming, and he looked like it last year, and he looked at, at like that at times before the pandemic. He has not looked like that right now. Got shelled last night uh, in the 5-2 to two loss, so he ended up giving up five goals on 27 shots. Not good, all right? He shut out Buffalo, but Buffalo's the worst offensive team in the league, all right? He got shelled against Boston. Did well against the Rangers. The Rangers are the 26th team in the NHL in goals scored. And in Washington, beat him up pretty good. You know, so this is a guy. Here are some of the save percentages in his last five games. 815, 379, 892. Overall this season, on a really good team, he's 6-4 and four with three overtime losses, a 3.49 goal against average, and an 893 save percentage. He's got to be better. Now, I'm not throwing him away. He's 22 years old. But you see what's happening in Montreal, not getting great goaltending out of Carey Price. You see how the Devils have kind of shrunk a little bit here when you're not getting the goaltending from Blackwood that you had gotten the previous month. I mean, goaltending is huge in this sport. Uh, again, I don't think you need to have a superstar to win, especially when you have the talent that the Flyers have. And again, the Flyers don't have this unbelievable defense, but still, you got to steal games in this league. You just have to. It's becoming more and more of an offensive league, but those are not numbers of a goaltender that you feel like can lead you to a championship. So is it just a blip in the radar, or is it something to be concerned about? You know, I'm not saying that Elliott should become the starting goaltender, but it's, again, something to take a look at. You know, watching the Buffalo Sabres last night, I was doing the pre and post for Rangers Sabres. And if I'm a Buffalo Sabres fan, I, I'm, I'm fit to be tied. I, I tweeted this out the other day because fans were discussing something that we discuss a lot on the Michael K show. Like, how can Jim Dolan own the Knicks and the Rangers and, and one team just be on the right track and the other team not? Although the Knicks have t- turned it around. But, you know, overall, over the last decade, how can how can one guy own one dumpster fire and another one that everybody wants to play for? And it's kind of the same thing with Pagula and Buffalo. The Bills are run very well, might win a Super Bowl very soon, and the Sabres are that you know tire fire that can't get it its own way. And there's a lot of different theories that maybe Pagula's more of a hockey guy, so he gets his fat hands on the Sabres and leaves the Bills alone, blah, 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 blah. What it comes down to is you've got to hire the right people. And they haven't hired the right people in Buffalo. There is no reason for this team to be the worst offensive team in the league. I understand Skinner's got his issues. I understand he's way overpaid. I understand that the general manager that gave him that contract is not the current general manager. He's got no goals, though. Why? Why does Hall have just one? You've got Hall, you've got Skinner, you've got Eichel, you've got Stahl. Oposo's a really good player. I mean, this is not a team that's bereft of offensive talent, and they can't score. So they've got a system that's squelching the one good thing that they do, and they've got puck movers on the blue line. Ritzelainen's good. Darlene's good. So what the heck is going on in Buffalo? You know, we talked about it on the podcast back on uh, on Monday. You know, I don't want to sit here and kill Ralph Kruger, but he spent the last six years in Europe coaching soccer. Didn't work with Phil Housley. 
didn't work with Bilesma either, and he won a Stanley Cup, but Claude Julien, I think, is a guy you got to try to bring in if you're Buffalo. He's won a Stanley Cup. He's won in Montreal. He won He won in Boston. Had some pretty good teams in New Jersey. It's, it's time for a change there. Before you start trading everybody off, before you do what would probably be un, forgivable in Buffalo and trade Jack Eichel, get somebody in there that can use or take advantage of some of the offensive talent this team has. It's not too late. It's getting late. But let's... You know, Kevin Adams has only been there for a little while, but it's time to start thinking about what this team is going to do moving forward. It's too good of a hockey market. It is. And 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 it's a team that I think is 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 a, just a couple of moves away from being better. Your goaltending is not miserable by any stretch. You've got puck-moving defensemen. You've got forwards that really know how to score, and yet they are the worst by far offensive team in the league. It's a mess there. A mess. Lightning continue to surge. 2 nothing victory over the Dallas Stars. The Dallas Stars are in free fall. And whether it's DeFoley in Montreal or that he did score last night, whether it's Hughes in New Jersey, sometimes when you're carried by one guy early and you're playing well, what happens when it goes away? And now Pavelski's not you know on pace to score 80 goals, and wh- wh- where's the support? Vasilevsky... When are we going to start talking about him being the best goaltender in the National Hockey League? All right, because he just continues to dominate and a two nothing victory for Dallas and and or two nothing victory for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they are certainly surging. You knew the Jets would bounce back. It should have been my ice pick. I'm kicking myself for it not being my ice pick. They beat the Canucks five to two. I will continue to say it every time anybody will listen to me. And there's not a lot of people, my wife, Michael K, that I can sit there and have a conversation about the Winnipeg Jets with. Maybe my producer Anthony Pusick, but other than that, I'm talking to myself when I'm talking about the Jets because I, I I love this team. I love the way they're run. I'm a big Kevin Chevaldeau fan. But how many times? I mean, you can look it up, but just from an exaggerating standpoint, how many times do you look at the box score? after a great offensive performance by the Winnipeg Jets and do not see Kyle Connor in the box score. So you talk about the line A's before he was traded away and then Dubois when he gets here and the Wheelers and the Shifleys that you got to get something out of somewhere that you didn't expect, right? And that's what Connor gives you. It's kind of like the the Rangers with, with Colin Blackwell, right? You need guys that you didn't expect much from and then they become great players or they become at least consistently good offensive players. Rangers beat the Sabres 3-2. to two. We just talked about the Sabres, but from a Rangers standpoint, i got to tell you, watching that game was tough. It was great for the first you know, 55 seconds when it was 1-1. It was great for the first two and a half minutes when it was 2-1, and then forget about it. All right, this is a one-goal game going into the third period, and neither team generated much of anything. Much of anything in the third period. With two points clearly up for grabs, you had five shots on goal from Buffalo, and I think two of them came with the goaltender pulled, and three for the Rangers who were just trying to get out of Dodge. Now, the Rangers have an excuse because you can't lose Panarin, who is a forever type of player. You know, you spent a lot to get Truba here in the trade with Winnipeg. He's out. Capo Caco came off a of COVID-19 protocol, but he was unavailable to play. You get Heedle back into the lineup. He gave you a good solid 16 minutes and a shot on goal, but he hadn't played in like three weeks, so what do you expect from him? But 
It was it was a tough one, and and, and the Rangers without Panarin, without Truba, without Kako are a very ordinary hockey team. And and you got an assist from Zibanejad, and again he's looked better, but there just isn't the finish there. And when guys like Rooney and Gauthier are the guys that are really supplying you with a lot of offensive zone time, that's a bit of an issue. But I do think there's a, things are going to get better. Panarin's day-to-day. Truba's day-to-day. They got Heedle back. Kako should be available for the game tomorrow against New Jersey. So things are starting to look up a little bit for the Rangers, but I just don't think they're a playoff team. Canadians finally get that win. They beat the Ottawa Senators by the final score of 3-1. to one. Senators are spunky, though. They're very difficult to get... Um, to get in your rearview mirror. Blue Jackets with a kind of must-win. A lot of rumors swirling around John Tortorella. He might get fired. Um, that would be interesting, but uh, they obviously responded with a 4-1 win over the Detroit Red Wings. This Cam Atkinson now in double digits and goals, and the Hurricanes continue to soar. This is not Nashville's year. It's not. And I know there's talent there, but I think the talent that they have might very much go out the window. Uh, we talked on Monday about the rumors swirling around Ekholm possibly being dealt to Philadelphia. I guess that's a possibility, and that's going to be a growing possibility because I don't think Nashville is really any anywhere where this is a team that's going to have a chance to make the playoffs. You know, you take a look at the standings, and I guess everybody still thinks they've got a shot because so few games have been played. But I I don't think that's a playoff team by any stretch of the imagination. All right, let's hear from you at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. And there's been a lot of talk about this. A lot of people tweeted at it about it. Steve, will Igor get an empty net this season? He went for it a couple of times, really pissed off David Quinn after the game. You know, it's a one-goal game, right? You're not playing particularly well. Last thing you need is that puck gets stolen at the blue line. You give up the tying goal and lose, but... Uh, he said he'd feel a little bit better if it was 4-2 or 5-2, but he got it out of the zone. That was what he was concerned about. I said it the first game he played in the National Hockey League. First game he played when he hit Bushnevich in stride from the crease to the red line. This guy's going to score a goal. Lock. Lock he's scoring. First of all, he's got the gumption to do it, and that's half the battle, but he's also got the skill, which is the other half. He is clearly going to score a goal, and I am praying that I'm on the call when that happens because it's so rare, right? Doc's had a bunch of them. You know, Doc had the Brodeur goal. Doc had the Hextall goal. Um, I, I'd love I'd love to be on the call when it happens. More people want to talk about this. Richard says, hey, Don, 12 goalies have scored goals in the NHL, starting with Billy Smith, but Billy Smith was credited with a goal. He didn't actually put it into the empty net. Ron Hextall and Marty Brodeur, and most recently, Pekka Rene, is Shesterkin destined to join that group? Absolutely. Absol- absolutely he's going to do it. Because, again, it takes that gumption to be able to do it. Not a lot of goaltenders are great stick handlers. Like Henrik Lundqvist, as great as he is, he's going to the Hall of Fame, was not known for a stick handling. But, yeah, you just, you're gonna go, he's going to go for it, and he's going to get it. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, das Can Sock says, Hi, Don. Since the start of the season, I've been consuming a lot of Senators hockey, and I think it's because of those awesome 2D jerseys. I want one, but I need a recommendation of a player, past or present, to put it on, to put on it any thoughts. Well, I mean, if you want to go traditional, the greatest player in the history of the Ottawa Senators is Daniel Alfredson. So if you want to go that route, I, I think that's probably the guy that you want to go with. Now, if you want to go with somebody that's on the current roster, 
I think the guy that you want to do, um, Tim Strutzel, he's number 18. He's 19 years old. He was the third overall pick in the draft. All right. He's played 22 games in the National Hockey League. He has 14 points, nine, uh, five goals, plays with a bite. If he, if, and I think he's going to stay there and the Senators turn it around, it's going to be because of him. So those are my recommendations. What was Alfredson? 11. And then go with 18. And that would be uh, Strutzel. If I'm saying his name right, because I've heard a bunch of different pronunciations, but I'm going to go with that. That's what I would think. And you know what? We've talked about it before. Give a lot of credit to the Ottawa Senators. This is a team that was going nowhere early, but they come to play every single night. And I know it's the same teams over and over again, and that helps. But what was a pushover early is now a team that if you're not ready to play, you will lose to them. You know, this is a team that's going to be tough to beat every single night. If you do not show up, they will beat you. (laughs) There's no question about it. So they've got some good young players. Kachuk is there. Strutzel's there. Uh, I thought the acquisition... Um, with Pittsburgh to bring in Murray, I thought was pretty good. Give him a legitimate goaltender. Craig Anderson was nice for a while, but you know he was getting older. So you get a good young goaltender that's won a Stanley Cup. So I think that team is clearly headed in the right direction. All right, this is a fun podcast. Got to a lot. Got to a few of your tweets as well. We're going to do this again coming up on Friday. So get ready for that. I'll be on the call of Rangers Devils. By the way, uh, coming up. Um, tomorrow so i'm looking for that looking forward to that oh quickly i'll give you the schedule uh seven o'clock tonight capitals and the bruins from boston that's an nbc sports net game that should be a good one both teams with 12 wins uh keep an eye on what this latest situation is with matthew uh with austin matthews on what um we expect to see uh, him back in the lineup i'm just taking a quick look to see whether he is back in the lineup and he is looks like he's going to be right there for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs taking on the Ottawa Senate uh, taking on the Edmonton Oilers and that's always fun when those two teams get together I can watch those teams play all the time kind of a conservative three nothing win for um, the Leafs the last time these two teams played but I think uh, you're going to see a lot of goals I got to take a look at the over on that one and a slew of games late at night so if you're a young guy or you've got kids to get up in the middle of the night, this is for you, 9.30, Blues and Ducks from Anaheim at 10 o'clock, Golden Knights and the Red Hot Minnesota Wild, Coyotes and the Kings, Sharks home for the Avalanche at 10.30. That should be a lot of fun. All right, talk to you again on Friday. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.